Hi, my name is Luna. This is my story, but I'm hoping it's not just me talking about me. I'm hoping you will get something entertaining and also empowering out of what I have to say. I've selected a co-host who is a longtime friend of mine, very intelligent, very articulate, and the project is called Vanator. Well, it's been an interesting couple of weeks down in Melbourne, so I'm going to say, hey, Luna, what's shaken? Is it, is it too soon? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's mostly me shaking. So, uh, you know, I was actually pointing more at uh, poor old Melbourne. If it isn't in the middle of a pandemic, it's, it's actually being shaken at its foundations. Did you feel the earthquake? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. I actually was very sick at the time and had just crawled into bed with a bucket and was lying there waiting to hurl. And uh, it started. The the timing is fantastic. Just when you really don't want to be made any more queasy, the earth decides to uh, just give you a little bit of a jiggle. Well, actually, you know, all the birds went quiet as they are supposed to do and i think my body went you know what it's not a good time to vomit and (laughs) fight fight or flight does not allow you to carry a bucket something kicked in i i did i couldn't move i like i had a paralyzing migraine and so i just had to sort of sit there on the bed and i really got to go for the ride and i really got to hear like the house sounded fine i didn't hear anything cracking and um but then yeah it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it kept going and then there was kind of a second one so uh, were you terrified yeah. Well, too sick to be scared. That's it. I had a massive migraine and I thought I was about to vomit. So it, it, it really, I did start to think, oh, I hope my child's okay. Oh, you know, and then I heard the neighbors run out do- outside of their house and I thought, oh, should I be getting out of the house? Well, the house isn't making any noise. I, I figure the house is okay. Mm. Uh, but yes, should I be getting my family out? But then all of this is happening in the space of, I don't know, it lasted 20 seconds or something. So I saw the reaction of the newsreader on the ABC who um, is based in Melbourne. And, and his, first, his first thought was, was, was that an earthquake or was that structural? And, and the, <laughs> the implication being all of your government buildings, buildings are so dodgily built. <laughs> that it could just be ready to fall down. I, I liked that little shibboleth there. Um, okay, so that's, uh, we'll get to the, like I said, we'll get to the sick in, in a minute. But I have, we apparently felt it here in Newcastle, but not in all areas. And I didn't feel it at all. But I then again, I do have a very good quality mattress. I might have just ridden it out. Well, it was it was in the morning though. It was like ten or eleven in the morning. Ah, uh, yes. See, so you now. You're, now you're hearing. <laughs> now you're hearing something about my lifestyle. Okay, yeah. uh, I, I remember there being one when I was in the car once, and I really, I was like, was that a tremor or was that just something in the car? And then I had to look up on the news later, and it was a tremor. So you can be in a lot of places where if it's just a small tremor, by the time it gets you, you don't notice. Yeah. But in all the 40-odd years I've lived in Melbourne, this was the longest and 
biggest and yes it classified as an earthquake which is exciting yeah um i've never i've never been in one by myself but i have been in a building um just over the top of the explosions that they were doing for west connects a great big uh tunnel that they were digging in sydney for traffic mm-hmm. and they would just routinely have excavation explosions and um, all of our houses were falling apart. But I was in one building where everything fell off the shelves all at once. And it was like being in a room with a poltergeist because being a media savvy child of the you know 70s, 80s and 90s, I know what special effects look like. And my first thought was, oh, what are they filming in here? <laughs> Well, yeah. well, so do you know, I, the only thing that made noise in my house, like I didn't have clanging of ornaments or anything like that, there was an IKEA mirror that is on a stand that was going. That'd be right, <laughs> <laughs> IKEA. Actually, it just the fact that you've had to pick out a piece of furniture to to demonstrate it reminds me that the actual Richter scale sort of scales of devastation has uh, really. Uh, specific but also of their time descriptions of what will happen. So like a a level three, uh, pottery will remain undamaged, but but, uh, display plates may fall from shelves, you know, when you went... It's not exactly that, but it's of that kind of, of, of feel. And when you're reading it, you're like, wow, that, that was really of its time, wasn't it now? Because the descriptions now would be, your Xbox may walk closer towards you. No, you know, they definitely should mention Ikea because everyone's yeah. got something Ikea, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah. Although so, because I've moved recently, I've got to say, Ikea doesn't move. No, it does not. Well, except this mirror I have had since my late 20s. So it's been in storage. It's been to Perth it's been yeah back to Melbourne and apart from wobbling in an earthquake no well done we could advertise that <laughs> and and it, it is it is it some is it named something like luster d like s-t-u-r-d-e-e with an umlaut I I don't know because it's so old I don't yeah. even have I, I might have the allen key um <laughs> And and if you pick it up to move it, yeah, the legs all swivel around and yeah, you have to reposition it because I think bolts have fallen out of it along yeah. the way. Yeah. Oh, we should we should mention it to IKEA and just say, hey, we've got a piece of your furniture that is actually older than some of your stores. Um, That's true. They're redoing them. Did you hear? How do you mean redoing them so that we, you're not locked in Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, it's going to be a place where influencers hang out and... Ooh. Yep, there's going to be like, oh, I don't know, meditation rooms or sound and light rooms or, you know, and it's it's going to be quite a different experience and everything's going to be eco-friendly. They have got a lot of work to get eco-friendly, the old IKEA. The IKEA materials, not all, but a very good chunk, a particularly a range called Billy, which is sort of like an entire industry in itself doesn't compost apparently it's a, it's a it's an environmental nightmare it's a, because it's um, a particulate wood made with glue and apparently the glues in it are just death right uh, so we have a lot of billy here um yeah. my husband arrived with billy quite a bit of billy yeah and yeah in the nearly 12 years he's been here some of it is dying now mm-hmm. yeah it's well you know <laughs> Just don't burn it, is all I can say. <laughs> oh, that's what we were going to do. Yeah, I know. Just cook your marshmallows over a burning billy. Um, 
Well, that's interesting that uh, I now know where to truly avoid if an IKEA building is then filled with influences. In fact, I I can think of places that should be firebombed, actually, talking about fire. Well, if the building's built by IKEA and there's an earthquake. Yeah, but you're going to accuse me of being racist when I say this, but I assure you it's not. There is a wonderful website called Asians Sleeping in IKEA, and if you haven't seen it, it's Southeast Asian Asians who work far too long and hard go to Ikea and tuck themselves into the display bedrooms and have sleeps. It is one of the funniest things you will ever see. And I thoroughly recommend it. And now I can tell by the expression on Luna's face that she's not going to have a bar of it. But I'll tell you what, as soon as I'm off this podcast, I'm going back to see the updates. I'm actually thinking I have a beautiful photo of both my children in a bed at Ikea. They, they both jumped in one that we were considering getting for my oldest. And so there's a lovely picture of them in there just having a rest because it was it's two and a half kilometres at the moment if you walk the full path in our nearest Ikea. Oh, okay. So you were using it as step count. No, I know where all the shortcuts are. <laughs> oh, boy, I did that once and thought I'd wormholed myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but- I'm certain the bedrooms are ever, oh, my God, this isn't even Australia. Where am I? (laughs) That's it. You could end up in any Ikea all around the world if you do that. Yeah. Oh, look, here's another one that I need you to look up to. Was uh, was the um, Ikea monkey? Ikea monkey, writing it down. And um, people from Southeast Asia sleeping in Ikea. Yeah, but he was this gorgeous little monkey. Um, being kept illegally, I'm sad to say, but he was sort of a macaque size monkey. And he's just standing in the atrium at the front of this Ikea. He's obviously lost his owner, but the thing that really kills me about it is he was wearing a little sheepskin coat. (laughs) And um, he was just really, really cute. And there was a lot of interest into what happened to Ikea monkey. So you don't have to to, uh, search any further than Ikea monkey in his cute little coat. Yeah, I don't know why I bring that up. Simply for amusement. I saw doggies with life jackets on yesterday on paddle boards with their owners. Awesome. <laughs> and I saw two owners stop to let the doggies, you know, sniff each other. Yeah. Oh, sweet. There are a couple of people around here who've trained their dogs to wear the World War II style leather flying goggles so that they can sit in the sidecar of their motorcycles. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant for a walk. No, yeah. no. No, 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 they're going much faster than that. And I do believe a dog can smile. I think there are some very smiley breeds. And these guys who are happy to wear their leather flying goggles just look so good. And they knows it. And when I say they knows it, I mean, they are sniffing everything at a million miles an hour. It's never been so exciting. You know how in these unprecedented times, life can get a bit gray and a bit drab? Yes, it can. Yeah. I, I want to just mention to you a product or a line of products that come through this really funky little place called Shiztastic. Now, I love a made-up word, and when a made-up word sounds like Shiztastic, I, you know, I, it's, it's got my backing already. So um, what it is is a, a line of designer goods ranging from materials that have really loud, vibrant, gorgeous, funky colours, Um, but also some really clever things like little uh, pots that you can hang on the wall that you can actually put plants in that sort of self 
um, hang, um, even crazy ideas like little sleeves that you can put over the ugly plastic uh, pots that you get when you buy a plant from the you know the the, the nursery, and you don't want to repot it. It's perfect where it is, but it's an ugly little pot. So you, she she makes these, and she, I mean KDD of Shiz Tastic. Um, you put these sleeves around the pots and just make them look really cute and funky and vibrant. I love her sight. I took my blue light blockers off to look at the beautiful colors. And that's the thing, right? Now you've got a little bit of sunshine in your eyeballs, haven't you? I know, but better than that, I was thinking these would be awesome gifts for myself or anyone because it is a non-screen activity and it's just love and beauty. Yeah, it's, it's really cute, isn't it? And it just gives you that real zest for life sort of feeling in your eyeballs. Yeah, and I was trying to decide on my favourite. I love Untangled. Yep. I love Painted Love. Yeah, 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 cute. Festival Floral. And then I saw you can get your own custom one made. Oh, and she's such a good designer too. She listens to you. She'll make you laugh until your eyes bleed. Um, and, and then she'll come out with these fantastic, you know, designs. Um, I've seen her at work. I've seen her stalls across Sydney and um, up north. She's, she's becoming quite the thing. Um, she's Tastic. Dot com. She's Tastic. S-H-I-Z-T-A-S-T-I-C dot com. She's Tastic. I just think it's brilliant, gorgeous, vibrant stuff for your life. Yep. And... If you're stuck in 5Ks, you want lots of beauty in your house. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, Luna. Bye. Thanks, Nick. So as fun as it is to talk about animals wearing human clothes and driving motorbikes, I, I, I feel the need to ask about your migraines because I thought that you were on a downward spiral with migraines. What have you been doing medically over the last couple of weeks? Oh, yes. Well, I've been having fun because I'm trying to work out why my nervous system seems to have become very, very delicate. And yeah, it's not quite anxiety, but it's a lot of tingling in my body and it's all the symptoms of anxiety without actually being anxious. <laughs> It's purely physiological uh, uh, feeling, is it? So you've got the soles of the feet and sort of tips of the fingers and and crawly scalp and things like that, have you? Yeah, I got all of that stuff going on, and and I'm quite sensitive. Well, I, I've had to give up caffeine and alcohol uh, and anything. Even I don't even eat chocolate or very much sugar because that's anything stimulating just has 10 times the effect it normally would even being on screens I, I cut off screens at about four in the afternoon or I won't sleep and yes I'm having massive problems sleeping in trying to track this down and, and you're not looking at nerve are you looking at actually diseases like nervous diseases or are you looking at your drug dosing uh, so looking at the prescription medications that I was on Yes, it appeared. So the, the, the promise with menopause was that my lifelong hormonal migraines would go away, which when I was 30, being told that was like, awesome. There's a goal. <laughs> yes. My ovaries will shrivel up, but my migraines will go away. <laughs> how, how often were you having them? Every month for at least three or four days. Oh, okay. So really strictly timed to the, the 
the period yeah. cycle. Yeah. Plus any time I drank too much alcohol or ate too much chocolate or the weather did one of its sudden flips from, uh, uh, you know, really warm to a rainy day, there's a pressure change that can give me a migraine. Why on earth have you persisted with Melbourne? <laughs> Not only does it have home. earthquakes. <laughs> it's had one in, in the 40-odd years I've been here. Yes, but it has four seasons in one day. As... I know that's awesome. If you don't like the weather, just wait a while. <laughs> just wait a while if you can make it past your debilitating migraine. Well, yeah, but that's always the thing. When the rain came, the migraine would just vanish and it was like, ah. At least I'd know what that one was about. And, and yeah, the hormonal ones are infamously the, the hardest to get rid of. And I saw five different neurologists over the course of 20 years and got prescribed various things. And the last one was calcium channel blockers, mm. which worked reasonably well for me, although I already have low blood pressure and they lowered my blood pressure. So then, so that your head wasn't properly inflated. Oh, well, that was happening. So it appeared that was the medication that was at fault and needed to be removed, and it was removed, and I wasn't getting any extra migraine. So it was like, okay, the promised land of menopause has arrived, and the migraines have gone. But the problems with the nervous system continued, and the blood pressure problems fixed up. But I'm still, you know, I, was, I am still having problems in the evenings. And so the next culprit was the SSRI that I'm on. And now, for, now, for those of us who are interested in it um, but don't know exactly what it is, it, that's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Am I right? That is correct. So it's all about neurotransmitters. And uh, it is stopping a receiver from picking up too much between the axons of the nerve? Is that what's going on? It's so you don't um, use it up as fast is my uh-huh. understanding, okay. so that you have it pinging around in your brain for longer. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, there's other things that also influence serotonin. Um, there's a migraine drug that influences serotonin, and um, there's ecstasy, of course, which basically floods the brain, brain with serotonin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, as you're looking for these answers, I know that some would have to be outside what you could consider as a reasonable path to take. I mean, it's all very well to tuck the kids in, uh, strap on the, you know, the giant pants and take yourself off to the nearest house party with your glow sticks hanging around your neck to dance until 4am, just looking for some pingers. But I guess that's not... I guess that's not really a choice. It's certainly not a Medicare option, is it? It's really not a good idea because, you know, your brain, after you make it purge all of its serotonin out, then, you know, you are seriously depressed thereafter. So even people who didn't have depression have de- can get depression. Oh, it's famously the, famous, famously the Tuesday blues when everybody had a yeah. rock, rock bottom Tuesday at work because uh, it was just a belter on Saturday night with and and you can actually damage your brain's natural cycles for years the more you hammer it with ecstasy as much fun as it may be. Um, I, th- I think one of the great sadnesses about ecstasy is you, the the second and the third and et cetera, et cetera, are never as good as your first time. 
Well, that's true. I I would say I had about four or five that were good, and I t- and in the one night too. Multi- <laughs> no, multi-loading. I was never one of those people. I couldn't understand it because I was in the UK, so these were five pounds each, right? It was cheaper than drinking, and there were many places to do it, and it was of high quality if you knew the right people. And and but I knew people who would brag about taking twelve. Oh, I know. It's amazing that some of these people survived. And I, that's the only thing that I can think of that saved a, a lot of them is that actually maybe not all of them were high quality and there was a fair amount of talcum powder in there as well. Sure. Because we famously had a death in Australia of um, a young girl called Anna who uh, drowned, took her ecstasies, went to the dance party and drank herself on water. Mm-hmm. To, and and to di- there'd yeah. be about one a year in the UK that did that as well. But there were hundreds of thousands of doses maybe millions taken yes yes there is that person and then i don't know what sort of damage i did to myself so i already had a serotonin issue i've i've had depression since my early teens Mm. but it was never properly managed or diagnosed Mm. and so tinkering with my serotonin with party drugs was probably one of the silliest things i've done Mm retrospectively, although I did have some great nights. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for me, the reason I ended up with depression, the, the theory, as I last had it explained to me, is hereditary predisposition plus personality type plus event. Mm. Oh, equals, so you had, the, you had the full whack. You... Well, it will equals depression. And I may not have ended up depressed if I didn't have those three things occur. But knowing a little bit, as I do about you, and forgive me if I step on some medical toes and we'll excise it if it needs it, but I also know that in amongst all of those things, you battled eating disorder, the beyond real experience of having lost your father. These things are pretty solid contributors to what you're going through. And when I say that is the most appalling understatement I've ever made. Well, the father, the, the father dying is the event, you know, so, and that was unexpected and it was at an age where, yeah, it changed the course of my life. It was like having an arm ripped off or something. I, I don't know. I can't, but it, it, it did biochemically alter me because I had the predisposition and the personality type that led to a sequence of events, including the eating disorder. And the eating disorder was eventually fixed with Prozac. Gee, we're pulling out some famous names today. I know, but before it was famous, because that's the thing, because I, when Prozac became famous, was that mid to late 90s, I went, oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. And then I went back and looked at receipts or medical records and I went, oh, that's the one I was on for a bit. You you became aware that half of America was suddenly on Prozac and, and I'm not joking, starting to prescribe it to their pets. Yeah, the pets what? thing happened another five years or so after people. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just it's it's all about pets today because I know. we've talked I about the doggies on that's the, the what I'm thinking. The dogs out on the bay, are they taking Prozac as well? Well, they don't need to now because they've been out in the sun, they've got some exercise and it's and it's all going swimmingly well. And and they've socialized. So and they're doing yeah. all the right things for their mental health and yeah. they don't need big pharma to help them. No. I've sniffed a butt. I don't need big pharma. <laughs> okay, so you were aware that, you, that the name sounded familiar, familiar 
Um, and so was it sort of a surprise to see this thing suddenly become the the great panacea to the, the, the depressed masses? Or were you like, oh, yeah, that was bound to happen? It was a real surprise um, because for me, like it was like magic, but it was so much like magic that I went, oh, I don't want to be on this. This is I don't want to be dependent on this. So I stayed on it only a few months. Um, but yet yeah, it was like having the sunshine turned on for the first time in 10 years. It was amazing. And, and yeah, I went to the gym and I was happier than I'd ever been. I worked hard. I, the, the bulimia just van- vanished. I had no desire to um, binge and purge. It just vanished within two weeks. It had completely stopped. That's amazing. And, and, and a good news story too. Um, someone very close to me reacted very well to Prozac and was initially a lifesaver, but got used to it. Mm, yeah. And, and that's so years later when I went, you know what, I think that stuff was actually good. <laughs> yeah, right. I might have that back. Yeah. Uh, um, it wasn't the same. So then I've been on a journey, which brings us back to my latest change, because I have probably tried a dozen SSRIs. Prozac was the first. Have you uh, tried SSNRIs as well? Yes. So I was including a couple of SSNRIs in there. And also I've had augmentation with an SNRI as I had an SSRI as well. An augmentation. Now I'm assuming that doesn't mean you're now bionic woman. What do you mean? An aug- <laughs> so augmentation is fancy drug speak for let's give you another drug and hope that one plus one equals three or at least two or more than one. <laughs> yeah. one, one. One plus one equals sort of larger values of one. Yeah. We're, so this is the thing. I've come from being on six medications. I'm now down to four mm. and it's becoming more and more obvious who the culprit is. In fact, one of the four is the SSRI. I recently swapped to, to see if it was the culprit. I switched from a fancy SSRI mm-hmm. to one of the older, very well-tested, very well-tolerated ones, Zoloft. Mm. Let's be specific. Um, Cause it's the one I've been on during pregnancy and it's kind of a safe place to be, but it's not, I'm not mentally my sharpest on Zoloft. Mm. Um, does other, it has other side effects that aren't great um, that the new fancy one didn't have. Right. And do you, do you want to name the new fancy one if it's the culprit? Well, I don't think it is the culprit. So I believe. Oh, sorry. So the Zoloft is the old culprit, is it? No. So it's not the SSRI was not my problem. You're it's right. actually the anti-anxiety drug. It's a uh-huh. benzodiazepine. Now you're talking. Problem. It's GABA. It's all about GABA. Now you're talking the benzos. It's a benzo. It's a fun benzo. Well, but it's still a benzo. And, I know. And to let's round that out for the imaginary third person in the room. Benzos are very addictive. They are. And I've been asking about this one for years because everything I read said you shouldn't stay on it for a long time. I've been asking my specialist, a.k.a. a psychiatrist, when I was going to taper off. The psychiatrist indicated there was no hurry until now. It's become very obvious that my body has developed a tolerance and I'm going through withdrawal whether or not my psychiatrist likes it. Right. So psychiatrist was trying to balance a whole bunch of evils and just trying to keep you 
sane enough and then would deal with the addiction later or wasn't taking the addictive properties seriously i find uh... not taking no the, the last conversation we had and i've now i'm now seeking out a new psychiatrist which is very difficult in current times all yes. medical health professionals are very very full yeah but if i've got one who seems to be 20 years behind the advice and my husband and i can look at the list of you know problems with gaba and tick 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 yeah it's it's Gabbard doing this and she refuses uh, to address it, then I've got no choice but to move on to someone else. And, and yes, I've tried changing SSRIs, which was a nightmare and caused me migraines. No, great. Luna and I are not health professionals. What we are talking about is our experience with health professionals. So do not ever listen to our podcast as advice more than someone's story and of course any disclaimer would come with if you are having difficulty in your life of course seek professional help because i've although there are many psychiatrists and psychologists who are quite busy at the moment there are a lot of gps out there who are really good and in fact that's who i've turned to is my gp because i trust him and I feel I can work with him to bring the situation to where it needs to be. It may take a long time, but yeah, GPs, there are GPs out there who are just as good as the specialists who cost twice as much. Some people will need talk therapy and a GP can't do that for you. They're too busy. Let me check up on another initialization you've used. What does GABA mean? It's another neurotransmitter. It's the one that, um, goes awry when people have Parkinson's disease. Right. So I, I am experiencing some symptoms like I'm quite clumsy, uh, particularly in the evenings. I bump into things. I'm shaky. Uh, so I have got those kind Your of things. Skateboarding is crap. You're yeah. not going to be filming Back to the Future Part 4. That's, that's a bit mean. Uh, but you've been coming off them. So how have you been feeling? Feeling like a junkie strapped to the ceiling? Well, I've not been coming off them on purpose. They've stopped working. My body has decided it either needs more or, or, in fact, we've tried more and that didn't fix all my symptoms. So my body has just decided it's time to be off them. I'm going to have to do a very, very slow taper judging by what I've read. Yeah, the experiences of people like your your favourite friend, Jordan Peterson, who has... Sorry, sorry, I'm just looking for a bucket. <laughs> He's had a very public withdrawal. He actually went cold turkey, which I don't know why he did that. But as I understand it, he actually did something a bit sillier than going cold turkey. He went to Russia and got put in a medically induced coma to go through the cold turkey. Well, that's both. Yes. But from what I'm reading, that it can take a you know, months and months to taper yourself off slowly. And even then there may be after effects like aftershocks for ages afterwards. And it's not a straight line ramp off either. It's a wavy one. Yes. The good old sine wave. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say something rude about, about him and medically, <laughs> medically induced comas that should have gone wrong, but I won't do that. That's just, that's just mean. I, like, I can't believe they took him to Russia. That just seems a mad thing to do in 
you know, in the middle of a pandemic, was it? Or oh, was no. it just before the pandemic? No, it was pre. I just thought I'd put a little plug in about the email address we've set up to listen to you. It's speak at vanator.com, S-P-E-A-K at V-A-N-I-T-A-W.com. We do want to hear from you. And that's why I've set up the email. We've got security guards and I thought uh, in our street and I thought they were there for the school. I thought there must have been some threat of vandalism or actual vandalism at the school. It's not. They've surrounded the cult. (laughs) So the cult now has security guards around it to make sure they don't slink off into the night and try and convert people to the baby Jesus. Or maybe it's to prevent people from tinkering with their fuse box. I couldn't imagine what you're talking about. (laughs) All good things come to those who wait. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they've got the Rona there and they're being held inside. No, that's exactly what's happened. Like a couple were carted away to hospital, but the other 12 or so have been uh, forcibly locked down and security guards put around the compound. That's the smallest cult ever, 14 people. (laughs) Well, yes, it is small. Not all cults are big. It's not not David Koresh out there, Um, but... (laughs) play a similar standard of music but the um there was much hue and cry when they were uh, carted away but see the other thing that happens with the cult is not everybody who's in the compound is actually a cult member and there have been these horrible stories of how about how old people um, are being forced out of their long-term housing by the cult because they have this um, policy of no no pray no stay why did they move there in the first place because they could because there are enough rooms for them to start taking over. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 very weird. I love it. I know it sounds great. We have nothing so interesting around here. <laughs> There's a vacant block on the corner where there was a petrol station ten years ago, and the ground must have been contaminated. So it's been the long wait for what will they put on this huge block? Mm. And the rumor now is it's an Audi, which one of my neighbors was horrified at. Why? Because that's going to ruin your real estate prices? Apparently, yes. I tell you what it is going to do. It's going to guarantee that when you go shopping for basil, um, some lettuce, and maybe some mints, that you come home with a blue violin, an underfloor lighting kit for your car, and a wheelchair. Like, (laughs) the Isle of Mystery still remains an absolute delight to me. And all of those items I have seen, I kid you not, I have seen wheelchairs for sale in Aldi. I believe you. And our Coles now has a surprise aisle. But I just want you to consider in more depth where you are in life when <laughs> when you are in Aldi and go, oh, a wheelchair. Because like, if you are wheelchair bound, I don't think needing a wheelchair is about to come as a surprise. You know, like suddenly you're there in Aldi and go, oh, oh a wheelchair. Like, have you dragged yourself into the shop with your lips and then suddenly gone, there's the answer I've been looking for all this time, a a chair with wheels? I can think of two circumstances where you might buy a wheelchair in Aldi. Number one, you're subscribed to the list and you know it's wheelchair week. Yeah. And you go in, like, because I went in for wetsuit week. I've been in for wetsuit week. Different. You can walk in to get a wetsuit, which will then go on your working leg. You send your carer in to get your wheelchair from Audi, obviously. Okay. Okay. And 
the other circumstance would be that you're in there, you're, you and your spouse are getting old and one of you is about to have an operation and you go, hey, let's get a wheelchair for after your operation. That's very good thinking. Can I, can I politely suggest that there's a third option there? Of course, there's always another option. Yes, go. You've illegally parked in the, um, <laughs> the disabled parking just out the front and you can see the guy who's writing tickets just about to. I mean, who doesn't want a blue violin? I don't think I do. Yeah, I know. Most of the planet doesn't need or want a blue violin. I've had the Isle of the Isle of Mystery um, actually come good. Uh, one time, emergency contact said to me, you know what, Darth Baby needs a ukulele. And I said, of course he does. I mean, I, that, of all of the things that I was going to predict that you were going to say just then, needing a ukulele was one of them. I went off to get some basil and some mints and there were ukuleles in the Isle of Mystery and I was able to come home with a ukulele at a reasonable price. Um, ukuleles it- are everywhere, man. They're in the $2 shop near me. And yes, my youngest has a ukulele because you got to have a ukulele these days. Well, not, not for you. Emergency Contact just spent nearly $100 on a ukulele because she's, she's taking ukulele classes when they open back up again. But it does sound a bit of fun because they do it at they do it at a bowling club. So I think they all get on the on the terps at the same time as well. Oh, yeah, it's like I saw a wellness retreat, which I, it was a yoga retreat that included wine in the evenings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a wine in the evening. Oh, my coccyx really sore from all of this sitting. I, I've just suddenly sort of run out of things to say. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, my my nerves are going because I'm, you know, this is a lot of time in front of a screen for me. I'm breaking out in a sweat. So, bye, Nick. See you, Luna. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands that Nick and I are recording from, the Awabakal and Bunurong people. I would like to acknowledge our planet, Earth, our home. People like myself in white affluent countries have made a huge mess of our home and every day I strive to do better. Last but not least, I would like to acknowledge you, our listener. Thank you for spending time with us. If you would like to contact us, please do. We have an email set up. It's speak at vanator.com. S-P-E-A-K at V-A-N-I-T-A-W dot com. Hope to hear from you soon.